Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Martha. I'm a compulsive eater. So nice to see you all. I ever see your names and uh, to be back with you again. Um, I'm going to time myself so I don't get too lost in, uh, in what I'm saying. So, um, so I'm speaking about step three. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak. Uh, it, it was a good step for me to be thinking about these last few weeks and um, in particularly in my personal life as well as just thinking about the world at large. Um, so step three we just heard is um, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood the wording in the book is him as we understood that entity um, or didn't understand that entity. And when I first came into the program, this was the hardest one for me to think about. Um, people kept saying they were gonna turn something over. And, you know, I was new, I hadn't heard the steps enough to know that that was a reference to the third step. And I was, it was like, turn what over, you know, it's like, does that mean look at the other side of an issue or what? It was just really confusing. I, 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 I didn't get it. And some of you've heard my story repeatedly. I've been here a long time and I think it's been, I mean, more than 30 years. I think it's only been really recently, um, I don't know, last year or two or four or six months or whatever, it's been recent that I've really kind of gotten it in my bones and remembered. Um, people say that this is a disease of isolation, which it certainly is and has been for me, and um, also a disease of amnesia that you know, I forget that something didn't work or turned out terribly and, uh, and I keep doing it, doing it over and over again. And um, I'll say a little bit about my personal story and the way the disease, I understand that the disease manifests in my life. Um, but I also, I think I'll start with a reading. I've been thinking about this step, as I said, and um, I have an obsessive brain and it helps me to get out of my own thoughts. So I looked up in Voices of Recovery in the back in the index step three and one of the readings that came up uh, starts out with this quote. By following these steps, thousands of compulsive overeaters have stopped eating compulsively. What we have to offer 
is a fellowship in which we find the healing power of love. And um, obviously I didn't get it when I first got here that that, that was what, where the healing came from. Uh, in my experience, it has a lot to do with connection and repetition of ritual. We have our own, you know, the things we read over and over again a certain way. And the meeting starts with the serenity prayer and closes with a, another thing that we repeat over and over. Is there anybody here that's sort of new? I know nobody identified as a, a newcomer, but is there anybody who's been here for like less than a year or two? So, so folks have heard these steps and heard. I think there are a couple people who are just newish. Okay, well, good, welcome. And, um, and I'm glad you're here. I'm really, really, really glad that I'm here. I made a decision 30 plus years ago, just like the step says, we made a decision and I made the decision to, to get help. I went to somebody that I knew was in 12 step because I was really feeling quite desperate. And um, I'm actually, anxious right this minute. I'm going to have a sip of water. And that's the first five minutes. Um, a lot of my compulsive eating was driven by anxiety and fear. And, um, and there was a lot of compulsive overeating before I got here. 40 years of it. I was thinking that my earliest memories of eating compulsively are from about age three or four. And um, uh, it was sort of like when the, it's a poor expression, but when the chips were down, I turned to food. That's what I turned to when I was upset, when I was anxious, when I was uh, in a strange place, if, you know, if I was gonna be around, uh, people in general, particularly strangers, I have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety about a lot of different stuff. And I was trying to control my emotions, um, push away those unpleasant feelings and, and control stuff that was just absolutely uncontrollable. And God knows there's a whole lot of uncontrollable stuff going on right now. And what's different after low these many years is that um, I don't try to barrel through it myself. I don't try to completely use everything that in my um, repertoire of only what I know or what information I can get and to um, I, I think I'll to 
to get through a difficult situation. I have other resources. And um, I think I'll tell us a story about something that happened recently um, that hopefully will illustrate this. And that is that um, I have two granddaughters, one's about to turn three and the other one is seven months old. And the baby has been um, ill in the past and was in the hospital once for, for several nights. And um, three or four weeks ago, my son sent me a video and asked me if I thought she was having seizures. And um, I have some medical training and I remembered a particular condition that's a, it's a kind of infant seizure disorder that has a terrible prognosis, just one of the most hopeless and devastating um, kinds of diagnoses, neurological diagnoses. And the video he sent me looked just like the videos online. And um, so the first thing I did was send the video to somebody else. And I ended up sending the video to, to several people. And eventually somebody that I sent it to sent it to somebody whose daughter was a neurologist who sent it to her colleague who was a pediatric neurologist. And the, and the message came back that the sort of jerks and weird movements she was doing are very common in babies sitting in their high chairs eating. And uh, that either from excitement or some sort of self-stimulation, they do all this uncontrollable jerking. And I'd never seen it before, heard that before, but I got to somebody who eventually uh, got that information back to us. I think, I think, you know, she's in my family, she gets excited about food uh, in a bizarre way, which hopefully she'll grow out of. But um, all I could do in that circumstance with my emotions was to try to work this step over them, to turn it over to the universe, to the great spirit, to the spirit of love and goodness. Um, and, and, and that's another five. Um, and to get help, I turned to humans who, the humans in my environment, in my circle, in my community. And I turned to my sponsor and to, um, and to other people in this uh, community um, here in the East Bay. Thirty years ago, I probably would have called some other people and sent the video around, but I would not have had that experience of seeking some sort of solace uh, from, a, from a spiritual source. Um, I certainly had a, a lot of 
superstition and sort of a mystical sense before I got here. But as far as like working this program and remembering that I do believe that there is a spirit of love and a spirit of connectivity and oneness and goodness that does exist in the world. Um, that quote I read said, you know, what the fellowship offers is the healing power of love. And love with a capital L is a good enough word for me, for, for God. I can feel it. I can see what it does. I know it makes me more courageous. I do things for, for people out of the spirit of love and generosity that I would never have the nerve or, or wherewithal to do without that. So I've got a little less than half my time. Um, I, I've got a whole bunch of books spread out around me. One of them is, is this one, the, the AA big book. And on page 63 is, is the third step prayer which um, I remember for a long period of time, um, I don't know how long ago, a decade or more ago, I said the prayer out loud and in the beginning of the day. And I, you know, I changed some words. The, the phrase in this step that is italicized and and emphasized is as we understood. And I think this one, this is the first place in the steps that the word God appears. And right away, we're told that we can make it our own. It can be, I mean, it doesn't specifically say that. It's, you know, the people who wrote the steps, uh, this was, they, uh, in their recovery from alcoholism um, turned to a higher power and made the decision to turn their wills and their, their will and their lives over and uh, to a God that they understood that worked for them and we get to do it too. And so, you know, the language is, is formal and, you know, the word wilt as thy wilt. Um, and so I just changed that to will. Um, so uh, many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, um, God, I offer myself to thee to fill with me and to do with me as thy will. Believe, relieve me of the bondage of self. And um, this, this step is, um, the spiritual principle is step three is faith. But um, I think of it sort of as being about relief and freedom. That uh, when I was in the food day in and day out, every waking hour, every day of the week, um, I was in bondage and there was, there was so much obsession about 
what I'd eaten and how badly I felt about it and what I was going to eat next and what people thought of me and how I looked. I mean, it, it, it was really painful. And um, I have gotten relief from, from the obsession and from the compulsion. And going from having been somebody who ate pretty much all day long every day and obsessed all day long every day and into the night um, and waking up in the night obsessing, um, I've had a tremendous amount of relief from that behavior and those thoughts and have maintained a healthy body weight for more than 30 years after having been uh, overweight for many years and, and dieted for decades in some very bizarre ways. Um, I don't understand um, quite how, how this works, but there is power in this group. There, there's power in the steps. There's power in our helping each other. There's power in telling the story um, of my remembering my own story and hearing your stories and hearing them over and over again. Um, I remember having a lot of angst about making decisions when I was in my 20s and 30s particularly in my late 30s, was I going to change careers? What was I going to do about my relationship? Uh, was I going to have children? And then once I had one, it was, oh my God, this is I, what to do here. And um, I didn't know how to make a decision. And there was just this desperation about doing the wrong thing and making a fatally uh, bad decision, literally, that could kill somebody. And um, I think a lot of my compulsive eating and obsession was driven by ambivalence. I didn't know what I felt because I was stuffing my feelings and I didn't have access to my feelings and to my intuition. And, and I didn't turn to other people. I had so much shame that uh, I didn't have it together. So what this step means to me is that I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know the right answer. I don't even have to know the right people to ask. I can just pause and breathe. If I can remember to do that, I used to have a big sign that said pause uh, on my wall. And what I do do almost reflexively is call somebody, call one of you, text, email, whatever, uh, connect. And I do ask for help to some entity that I don't understand, but I do trust. Since I get to make it up, 
what I what I want in a higher power is something that I can trust that's not going to betray me, not going to hate me and punish me, not going to condemn me, not going to judge me, but going to support and comfort and relieve and take my worry. Um, relieve me of it. And um, again, I didn't I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't know how to do it. And I'm still learning um, to turn my will and my life and everything in my life over to, to something stronger and smarter and kinder and more dependable and with a better um, you know, sense of the big picture than I have. And um, if that is only us banded together, that's the way we evolved. We survived um, by being together. We survived in bands and groups. And we're still doing it. I'm still doing it. That's how I survived a fatal disease for this long. This is a killer. And uh, we do it by helping each other and looking outside of ourselves and sometimes turning to spiritual sources when we can remember and if, if it works for us. And um, I think I might have forgotten to set the timer that last time. I, I feel as though my time should be up. Um, I haven't said a whole lot about the food, but just to say that um, the way I eat now is much more healthy and um, trying to eat the very least processed food that I can and the less least amount of it and um, do what I can to, uh, to help other people do the same. So love you all. Thank you again for inviting me to speak, Marie.